Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Been a whole lot to celebrate this year with the Royals, but all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, they've become incredibly interesting because of the the success that they're having right now with all these young players that they're having. So I I, I understand a lot of the fans still kind of being negative, pessimistic about this team because you feel like this team has underperformed this season. But I feel like there's a lot to be excited about with this Royals team right now because uh, you've got some young players who are finally starting to live up to the hype or even uh, playing better than what they were hyped up to be. I think it's time to be positive about this Royals team. Maybe I'm crazy, but I think it's time to be positive about this team playing all of the, what is it, like six rookies they're playing right now on this team? Like, I, I think that this is the time now where you got to start buying. And I know Vern's talked about this the last week or so. Now is the time to buy in because that core that they have right now might be better than the 2012 core. So I think it's time to to start buying in. Let's not be negative Nancys on the Jay Southland Toast Service text line. Let us all be positive about this Royals team because, frankly, ain't a whole lot to be positive about. Text in on the J Southland Toe Service text line, uh, 913-586-7610. I got Ron Cop from Arrowhead Pride coming on here at 630, a little less than 22 minutes from now. So make sure you keep it locked because we're going to talk a lot on this show about preseason game number one. I'm going to tell you all this. I have not been – I don't think I've been this excited for a preseason game probably since – Patrick Mahomes was drafted and I was excited to see him get action. Like I'm really, really excited about preseason game one. What about you, Jed? I was talking with Bink about this a little bit. I I think once you actually get the preseason going, it finally is the reward for training camp and all of the auxiliary things like the draft and stuff like that. But Yeah, being able to go out and see some of the rookies who we have high expectations for. There are a lot of guys who you've heard a bunch of hype about. Isaiah Pachenko, I really want to see because... He's been hyped up. Well, for a seventh-round pick, it sounds like he might be the MVP of the NFL. So I think (laughs) that, uh, yeah, that's exciting. So, uh, yeah, being able to see what the first-team offense does, having Mahomes with new weapons around him, seeing how he acclimates to them, I think there's a lot of things to really take away from the uh, first preseason game. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Seriously, I generally preseason, I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, I'll check out the ones. I'll see if maybe one of these younger receivers steps up or 
you know, check out the first round pick that they have. But like, there's like this rookie class is like the most hype maybe in in my lifetime as a Chiefs fan, or thirty almost thirty years now. I have not seen class get this hyped up like the the twenty twenty two class for the Chiefs. So I, I think that there's a lot to pay attention to. Um, Throughout the show, I will be giving you guys players to watch for, offense, defense, winners and losers from the second week of training camp because there's a, a lot of storylines here. But I, I want to start with something I feel like us as Chiefs fans need to to jump into and, and really kind of look at from a, a kind of a humble point of view. I've been watching a lot of old Chiefs games. I've, I've told y'all this before. I love watching old football games from the 90s, the 2000s, especially Chiefs games, because in my time as a Chiefs fan, like especially now that this team's really good, it's always fun watching those old games and kind of remembering what it was like to not have a great team to root for, to have a lot of uncertainty. And it's it's... Really interesting now because, like, back in the day, we had so much uncertainty. And now, up until this year, the last four years, we knew, we we were pretty sure what we were going to see. In 2018, there was a little bit, but after what we saw at the end of 2017, we were pretty confident about Mahomes. We didn't think he was going to do, you know, 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. But we thought that Mahomes was going to be an adequate replacement for, for Alex Smith. And then after his 2018 season, we just expected him to be great. And he was. 2019, Super Bowl. 2020, they go back to the Super Bowl but lose. And then uh, in 21, they they came one half away from going to the third straight Super Bowl. And even though it was kind of a down year, it still was a great year for a quarterback. We've grown to expect great things from this team because of the last four years. But this year, there's a little bit more uncertainty than there's been in previous years. There's a little bit more of an unknown element to this team. And as I've watched this Chiefs team over the last few years, I feel like us as fans kind of take for granted that success that they've had recently. And as I go back and I watch these old games, I was watching I was watching games from like 2001 late last week. Back in Dick Vermeil's first year here, especially because he was he was getting inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, last Saturday, so I wanted to kind of like reminisce on the Vermeil years, and I I watched some of those games, and it was just it brought me back to a time where I remember not really being that confident about this team, other than the regular season, like the old Chiefs back in the day. They were incredibly mediocre during my childhood, during most of your time. You know, I'm sure that there are people here who who probably have been following this team since like the the eight there. I mean, there's people that certainly followed this team back during the first Super Bowl. But there's a lot of people who were following it back way through the 90s. And you 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 remember living through most of, if not the entire Marty Schottenheimer era here. You remember those Vermeil years and then the post-Vermeil years where there was a lot of uncertainty. And you remember this team being able to give you a little bit of hope during the regular season, but you knew that it was going to be dashed when it got to the playoffs. And things are different now. Now we're confident about what this team's going to do in the the playoffs because we've seen them do it. 
with the with the group that they had the last four years. But now that there are changes, I feel like people in the Chiefs fandom are going to expect this team to continue to do what they've done the last four years. And if they don't, if there is a, a downgrade, all of a sudden they're going to panic. And I don't want fans to do that. Because things will never be as bad as what they were during the Vermeil years where you had one playoff berth, one playoff game, you lost that game, you were never really in it. They'll never, like with Mahomes, unless, you know, God forbid something happens to him injury-wise, you're never going to have a situation where you fall off. But this year, it's very much a an expect the best but be prepared for the worst type season. This team, I think, is going to be great again this year. I think they're going to compete. I think they're going to be in the playoffs, and I think they are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. But I'm also not going to discount the fact that this team could very well be like a, a, a seven-loss team. They could very well be that. If something happens to Juju Smith-Schuster, if MVS has to be the top wide receiver and he doesn't handle that pressure very well, if McCole Hardman continues to play like McCole Hardman, if Sky Moore doesn't quite pan out because, you know, you can look good in camp and then you get to the regular season game and you have your welcome to the NFL moment and it lasts the entire season and you don't land, you don't play the way that, that we were hoping you were in training camp. All those things could happen. All those guys you drafted on defense might not pan out this year. Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap might be past their prime, might not have it anymore. You, a lot of things can go wrong. We cannot take for granted the success that we've had in the past few years. Things can go wrong this year. That doesn't mean that we got to make drastic changes. That doesn't mean we got to panic. Doesn't mean that we, we have to throw everything away. I want fans to remember that things probably won't ever be as bad as what they were 20 years ago at times. But they might not be perfect this year. This might be the worst year that Patrick Mahomes has had in his career from a, a, a success standpoint. And I don't want fans to panic. It's okay. This might be a developmental year for the Chiefs as far as the amount of young talent that they have on their roster. And that's okay. That's perfectly fine. If they go to the playoffs and they lose their game, sure, you have every right to be mad, but that don't mean that they got to start firing a bunch of people, start cutting a bunch of people, and make all these drastic changes. Maybe they just need some time to develop. I think, I, I'm, like I said, I'm very optimistic about this Chiefs team. But I want fans to remember that there were much tougher times than what we've experienced. And I felt like fans didn't handle that well last year. Because the Chiefs last year were probably the worst they had been under Patrick Mahomes as their starting quarterback. And fans were freaking out. There was uncertainty. They were losing. I mean, when they lost to the Bills at Arrowhead, there was just this panic. And I'm like, man, chill. It's like week five. Hey, like, it's Josh Klingler. Things are going to happen. And, you know, it's okay. <laughs> There's no need to panic about that. And still, like, fans were freaking out about it. And look. I understand things happen. I understand that you're used to a certain standard and when it changes, you, you kind of get scared. You get worried about it, but I'm telling y'all no matter what happens this year, this is not the time. This is not going to be the year to panic because things go wrong. I don't think they will go wrong, but this is not going to be the year for that to happen. 
So we're two weeks in to training camp, and now week one of preseason going to begin in a couple days for the Kansas City Chiefs. I tell you what my biggest questions are for preseason game one coming up next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Protein House encourages people to eat with a purpose. Make sure you're listening every day around 11 o'clock to Cody and Gold. Speaking of Chiefs wide receiver Sky Moore, okay, so he made a comment like the second day of practice, so I'm not going to ignore it. I think you wear the shortest shorts on the team. Yeah, Is that because yeah, yeah. regular pants don't fit you or because you just like the short shorts? I just I feel I feel fast. I feel fast. When, when I pull them up, I just feel real fast. I don't know what it is. It's just I got to have my legs up. Your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. When you said you were going to play hippie music, Jed, you weren't lying. No, I was not. I you told you. You were not lying. Rocking a Grateful Dead shirt, man. <laughs> is that, what was this? Is that Grateful Dead? Yeah, it's from the Royals game last oh, night. I... It was Grateful Dead night at the K. My lovely girlfriend spoiled me with tickets. So, yeah, I got, got this free T-shirt. I, uh, I, I, I'll be honest. I, that's the first time I think I've ever heard Grateful Dead. <laughs> that was an Umphreys and McGee song. I'll play some Grateful Dead oh, for is you. That, oh, is bit. that Grateful Dead? I'll play okay. some hip-hop. I mix it up. I play good okay. music. Okay. Do you? Do you? I don't know. So far, it's, not so good. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I just, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> that was Umphreys McGee. Yeah, I have, uh, I've never heard of them. I'm going to see them in St. Louis here next Friday. So it'll be the 24th time I've seen them. 24 times? Yeah. 
Are you serious? I am. You've seen this band I've never heard of 24 times? I have. They used to, I went to KU, as we were talking about before the show. Yeah. They used to come to Lawrence normally in the fall and then spring, and then they'd come to Kansas City in the summer. And I've been to many different uh, music festivals and seen them there. But yeah, 24 times. Wow. They're very good. They're actually playing with the Disco Biscuits this time, so it should be even better. Wow. Free place to stay. <laughs> yeah, that's I, like I said, I've never I've never heard of that group. I've I've never heard of Grateful we'll Dead. We'll chat so. after the, the show. I'll, <laughs> well, I'll get you a you'll, good playlist. You'll, you'll fill me in on the Grateful Dead? Uh sure. If that helps you, I'll, <laughs> if that helps me, I'll yeah. give you some stuff that'll help you listen to them better. So I, I want to get into uh, what I think are the biggest questions going to preseason game one for the Kansas City Chiefs. They play on Saturday, noon kick, really weird time for preseason games. But uh, the NFL Network has just expanded all of their coverage of preseason games, which is great for guys like me because I'm like really big on football. So give me all the preseason football possible, especially for this Chiefs team, which has a lot of talent this year. Um, but I think there's a lot of really interesting questions about this team. First and foremost, I think the the big question we got to ask about this Chiefs team is who's going to be the wide receiver to ball out opposite Juju? Because, like, I, look, if you've been paying attention to, to training camp, Juju Smith-Schuster has been the Chiefs' best wide receiver. Kelsey, number one target for Mahomes for sure. Juju has been the guy in the receiving core for Patrick Mahomes. The question becomes, who's going to be the guy that steps up and is able to play opposite him? I know uh, when I asked Ron Kopp about this last week, like who's going to be the guy that, that you know, is, is it going to be Sky Moore? Is he going to step up there and win that role? And he certainly thought that that was possible. Sky Moore has definitely showed out, probably been the second best receiver in camp besides Juju. And I think he does have a good chance to be able to maybe win his way up that depth chart. But I I feel like that question is very much going to take some time to answer. I think that MVS could, he had good chemistry with Mahomes back in minicamp. He could step his his way up and keep that number two spot that I think we presume he has. McColl, a guy that we've been waiting for years to jump up and, and win his way up that roster. He could secure that spot. I think the Chiefs are rooting for that because I think they would like to be able to keep McColl and make him a bigger part of the offense because uh, y'all, y'all may not agree with this, but I think he is, from a talent standpoint, maybe the most talented receiver the Chiefs have. He's not the most refined. He's not the most skilled. But just from a pure physical talent standpoint, he might be the most athletically gifted receiver the Chiefs have. That's going to be a big question that I'm going to be looking for. I'm going to be like, I expect Sky Moore to play a lot in this game, probably into the second half. And, you know, that could be a very great showcase for his skills. And he could win that number two spot. You never know. I still feel like Andy is kind of, he prefers the veterans to get those positions early on because I don't think he's very comfortable pushing rookies into those important spots. We've seen that with Karloftis in camp where he hasn't run with the ones as much as guys like Dana and Clark and uh, and Carlos Dunlap. But I do think that 
if though if a guy like Karloftis wins his way up, a guy like McCall, if a guy like Sky Moore wins his way up, that they'll get those opportunities. So to me, who's going to be that receiver that jumps up? I think Sky Moore has a chance, though. I uh, Andy, you know, kind of works against the the rookies getting those um, big pushes up. About Karloftis, is he the real deal? We've heard a lot about him performing well in camp. We've heard a lot about Frank Clark working with him extensively after practices to be this uh, mentor to him. And he has taken a lot of time out of his schedule to help out this kid. Is that going to pay off? Karloftis, I've said this many times before, since he's been drafted by the Chiefs. I have not heard of a rookie player being this hyped up by the Chiefs since Patrick Mahomes. That doesn't mean he's going to be the next Patrick Mahomes as far as the defense goes. I just know that the Chiefs generally are pretty mum about their rookie players. And they haven't been that way about about George Karloftis. All we hear about is his motor, is his willingness to learn, is how he's he tries really, really hard, and they kind of have to tell him, hey, man, back off a little bit, as many can. And you hear about all these plays he's making in training camp. Seems like every day now he has what would be a strip sack in, in scrimmages. We're hearing a lot of great things about Karloftis. I, I wonder if we're going to be able to see enough of him to be able to draw a strong conclusion about where his skill set is now and how much he can contribute in 2022. I feel like the Chiefs, you know, as I just stated, might try their best to make sure they don't overexpose him early on. But if he goes out there and balls out, they're going to have no choice but to put him in big situations. And I wonder if he could earn some playing time during the regular season by playing well in a couple days playing well week two of the preseason, and then if they play him in week three, he goes out there and solidifies a role. Karloftis, I think, is going to be a real interesting question mark, and I think we'll definitely be looking out for uh, number 56. And then I think one of the big talking points is about this Chiefs running back situation. Are you going to see enough guys in their running back, uh, in in their backfield on offense, play well enough that the Chiefs will keep four halfbacks. There's a lot of question marks about what they're going to do here because you've got Clyde, who's performed well in camp. You've got a guy like Jared McKinnon, who we saw late last year, we saw in the playoffs, play really well, be one of the the, the players that was helping this team along late in the year and in, 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 the, in, the, in the playoffs. you got a guy like Isaiah Pacheco, who has been this rock for this team at training camp, surprising everybody. Right now, he is uh, projected to be that starting kick returner. You expect, I mean, he's he's gotten a lot of touches with the ones. You just don't see running backs uh, who are rookies out of the seventh round get those kind of touches on a team that uh, has two guys at least above him on the depth chart. Are they going to keep a guy like Ronald Jones, who has shown to be a commodity to teams running out of the backfield? Are they going to keep four halfbacks? That's a big question mark. 
I think it'll depend on what we see from guys. Maybe they keep Ronald Jones and let him play a lot, and then they decide to trade him. We'll see. Maybe they keep four, and they just go with uh, a committee approach and, and get some depth there just in case someone gets hurt. I think those are the biggest questions going into preseason game one, and I'm really interested. I, I think anybody listening to this should be looking at those questions and seeing how much, uh, how many answers we can get from those. Cause I do think that we're going to find out a lot about this team on Saturday coming up next two weeks into preseason, two weeks into training camp. I'm going to ask a lot of questions to Ron Cobb jr. From Arrowhead pride about what he thinks we're going to see from this team in a couple days. Hey, it's Cody tap. Just like last season, we'll be live from training camp. Oh, I like this. You, you are, you are a lion, Jed. You said I was gonna like this better. That was a good choice. Kristen Ocero, Jed Marshall, back here on the night shift, six ten sports radio, the Odyssey app, getting you prepared for preseason game one, Chiefs Bears noon kick on Saturday, and I am joined now by the lead analyst from Arrowhead Pride, Ron Kopp. Ron, how's it going this evening? It's going good. I cannot wait to overreact to some, you know, one series of starters playing a preseason game. It is that time of year, overreaction season. I'm all about it. (laughs) I can't wait for Saturday, man. I can't wait to overreact to some stuff. Is this the most excited you've been for a preseason game since Patrick Mahomes got drafted by the Chiefs? You know, that's actually a good question because, you know, it seems like every year you can, like, say, like, oh, yeah, this feels, you know, I can feel the excitement a little more maybe than the year prior just because it's easy to say that. But, man, there's so much change on this team. It does, It is actually a different feeling, and, and, and it is pretty exciting to think of all the rookies we're about to see for the first time, all the veterans in the, in the Chiefs, you know, in the uniform for the, for the first time. So definitely, it is definitely different for the first time, I would say, since Mahomes was that, probably since his rookie year. Well, you know, since he was started, you know, one of those years. <laughs> So let's say you're your head coach, coach cop, and you have to make a decision how much you're going to play the, the ones in Saturday's game. How much are you giving the, how much time are you giving these guys on the field? So, yeah, I like how Andy does give them some time. I am definitely with him on that. I don't think it's, it's, it doesn't really make sense to me to, to never have them play at all, or maybe just have them get one series in a preseason. I do think, especially, you know, when they have some new weapons like they have this year. Uh, you know, I think last year with the new offensive line was also important. So when you have those new units, get them, get them definitely, you know, a few series in the preseason. And I think it's smart to maybe just go one at first, especially in this game. You know, especially since we hear about this, you know, Soldier Field, you know, uh, the, the, the report coming out that Cairo Santos, the Bears kicker, was looking for the worst field or turf possible so he could simulate the, the Bears field uh, during the offseason kind of tells you that yeah I, we don't need to be stretching out the starters too much in this game any important players um and so yeah i think this game for sure i would probably just keep it to one series no matter really what happens honestly now we're obviously like really excited about this rookie class i mean there's probably like what four or five maybe six players that could have an impact on this team in the near future of the rookies that will be taking the field on saturday who are you like most looking forward to seeing how they perform? Yeah, you know, I, so many to choose from. But honestly, I, I would look towards some of the defensive players, specifically the guys that kind of have that 
hard hitting, uh, you know, uh, reputation to them already or that physical, violent reputation to them. I'm talking about guys like defensive end George Karloftis, linebacker Leo Chanel, even safety Brian Cook. All of them have kind of built uh, a reputation or at least, you know, had that as they were drafted by the Chiefs. We all kind of heard that, oh, this guy's going to hit you hard. This guy's going to be, you know, give great effort, you know, be violent with his, you know, with his moves, with his, his way of play on the field. You know, you'd like to see that kind of come to, you know, come to fruition in a live game, right? You know, it's, it's, it's easy to maybe, you know, see some of that stuff. You know, I thought Carl Loftus, you know, really, you know, work Andrew Wiley pretty well with some power in training camp. But, you know, when you're in a game situation, kind of, you know, it's not a real game, but when the bright lights, so to say, are on, you know, it's, you want to see them kind of fly around and be that same kind of, you know, uh, violent, you know, kind of just a wild child kind of player like they were kind of advertised to be. It'll be cool to see them for sure, see if, if they do kind of make any highlight reel, you know, hits, you know, just, just sort of plays with that kind of strong violence physicality that they were kind of, you know, built to have uh, as a reputation. Now, certainly there's going to be some guys that are going to be playing for their jobs on Saturday as well. Who do you think of all the players that are kind of fringe roster guys, who do you think needs to have the best performance on Saturday? Otherwise, they're they're probably going to be losing their spot on the roster. Well, I'm going to go with a, with a guy that I really think the Chiefs want to make this team. They really have given him every chance possible to make this team. That's wide receiver Josh Gordon. I really think they want him to be on the active 53-man roster by week one. But right now, if, if they had to do the cutdown te- uh, cutdowns today, I do think a guy like Darius Fountain would, would beat him out for that sixth spot. Justin Watson, um, also in that mix, uh, I have him as the fifth receiver. But I really think the Chiefs, with all the investment they've had into him, you know, not obviously financially. I'm not talking about the money. It's been nothing, right? They signed him for nothing off the street in the middle of last year. But in terms of just the, the person kind of, you know, interested in develop, developing him back into a professional football player, I think Andy Reid has a soft spot for him. I think the team in general really wants to see him, you know, get to a place where he can contribute in some sort of way and, and be on the roster. But in training camp, it hasn't been impressive, man. It really hasn't. Um, he hasn't really done anything um, too impress at all. Um, you know, I thought he did make one deep touchdown catch, but it was really just because he was wide open. It wasn't anything impressive. He did necessarily – all that to say, if he can make some plays in the preseason and if he can kind of show, all right, like I can be kind of that, you know, that playmaker you guys wanted me to be last year, we all kind of hoped he would. If he can kind of at least, you know, show that a little bit in these preseason games, these live action games, when he gets a little more opportunity, I do think maybe the Chiefs will be tempted to, even if a fountain or, or someone else may be a better special teams player, I really think the Chiefs, you know, with all the time they spent in them, want to, want to keep him around. So they, they want to see him do something this, uh, this Saturday. Talking to Ron Cobb, lead analyst from Arrowhead Pride. Another guy, I think, and it's not even really his fault. He's been hurt. But Jody Fordson, his quad injury kept him out up until today where he finally returned to practice after about a week and a half of being out with the, with the strained quad. Do you think, not in danger of, of being cut, I don't think, but do you think it could affect his position on the depth chart, having missed so much time, even though we've seen him be an integral part of this team in camp before he got hurt? Yeah, I do think so. I do think there's a chance, right? Because I think Noah Gray is in a similar position as Fortson as a, as a young guy that, that can still, that still has room to improve. It can still uh, prove to be, you know, a, a skilled pass catcher, a guy that can make plays with the ball in his hand. I think we all kind of got high on Noah Gray last year, uh, you know, with, with some of the, you know, some of the excitement as a rookie maybe died off a little bit, you know, with Fortson kind of maybe stealing some hearts as a, as a guy that's obviously a, a fan favorite. But 
you know, yeah, I, I do think in these position battles during training camp, availability really does factor in no matter what. I really do think Fortson, no matter what, uh, I, I really think they want him on, or they want him on the team and he will make the team. I don't think, I don't think it, it'll take a lot for him to, to drop off the 53 in my opinion. I really think they like what they have in his red zone ability, his ability to go up and get a pass. We saw that last year. But again, you know, Noah Gray has, has similar traits in some aspects. And if he can prove to be a capable blocker and, and, and reliable hands, like I, I think we've seen in camp, I think he's, he's definitely had some reliable hands. He's been a, a, a reliable target for Mahomes. So, yeah, I do think it, it definitely hurts. I think Gray is, is kind of building some momentum as Fortune's been out. And, it, you know, it, it's nothing on Fortune's fault, but he does kind of have to maybe step up, step it up even a little more to, to kind of get, uh, get back that, you know, the reins of, I thought he was tied in too for a little bit in camp there. So I think he needs to kind of work back to getting those reins again. Now, another guy that we've been kind of hearing some theories tossed around about is Ronald Jones. A lot of people are kind of comparing him to Carlos Hyde from 2019, where um, they, it looks like they kind of value him and then they all of a sudden just trade him to the Texans for, uh, for Rankin, get some depth on their offensive line, basically trying him out during the regular season and, and making him a trade commodity. Do you see that with Ronald Jones as well? Or do you think that this team's going to look to try to keep four halfbacks so that they can have an extended depth chart? Yeah, you know, I think they're going to give it all they can in the preseason and see if, if, if Rojo can kind of, you know, prove himself so good in, in the running downs uh, that he is worth keeping. But I really think it comes down to the fact that he is not very good on passing downs. And, you know, you do want someone that can kind of be that change of pace, you know, under center, you know, be that run style back. But I think they may be finding that in Pacheco, and that may be kind of uh, hurting J- Jones' case as well. Pacheco is the starting kick return, it looks like right now. And he's going to be, you know, on the 53-man roster. If he can kind of give you some of those hard, you know, run downhill, you know, when it's first, you know, second and short, that you might might have been kind of thinking that Ronald Jones could give you more than maybe the other backs on the team. If Pacheco's giving you that skill, plus also being the kick returner, right, and then also, you know, being a young player that can develop, I do think that's that's why you you maybe see Jones, you know, uh, get the boot. And honestly, they could keep four four backs potentially and still trade Ronald Jones. I think Derek Gore showed a lot last year. I was a big fan of his. It sounded like today he was playing with the second team while Jones was playing with the third team. You know, I, I think Derek Gore gives you a little bit of both too. I think he was a pretty good in between the, the tackles runner as well, as long as, or as well as, uh, you know, being a good player in the screen game. So I, I do think they have a kind of a, a really talented group of backs. No, no one's uber talented, but just kind of all that fit the system to an extent. And I don't think Jones fits the system as much. And the the way he would, that under center, you know, maybe that, that those run-heavy plays, I think Pacheco can kind of take that role. And so then it's like, well, why is Jones around at this point? Final question for Ron Kopp here. Inevitably, every year, you know, once teams make their cuts, there's some players that are popular with fans or performing well in camp that end up getting cut. There's guys like Roger Johnson. You, I know you guys put out your, like, Final 53 2.0, and and you guys projected uh, that that Roderick Johnson, who's played pretty well at left tackle, uh, especially with Orlando Brown when he was holding out for a week, um, you had him not making the team. And certainly there will be some other options like corner. They're going to have to make some tough decisions. Receiver, running back, tough decisions. Who do you think of the guys who have performed well at camp, which one of those guys do you think is not going to make the final 53? 
Yeah, that is that is tough because you're right. There are some some candidates that cornerback. I mean, that's a jumbled room. You talk about a guy like you know Jalen Watson. He's been running with the first team at times just to get him rotated in there. He still could be the sixth cornerback now that Rashad Fenton is back in here. Um, you have Lonnie Johnson maybe factoring in the mix as well. So I think Jalen Watson is someone that they want to keep on the 53, but but depending on how the numbers shake out, they may have to play the risk of okay, can we sneak him through waivers? and get him on the other side. Um, I do I do want to say, though, someone I've, I've noticed in camp that I'm kind of, you know, I, I see a pass to making the roster, but not so sure if he will yet, is, is Malik Herring, the defensive end. He was an undrafted free agent last year after suffering an injury during the pre-draft process. And, you know, so it was kind of a redshirt, for him, redshirt year for him last year. I think he can battle Kando for that last spot in the defensive end room. And I really think he's been more impressive than Kando in camp so far. But again, you look at Kando, you see that size, you see he's a former five-star recruit, you kind of see those tools. It's still maybe one of those things that the Chiefs kind of want to see what they got in Kando before they, they kind of let loose on that. So I think Herring could be a guy that maybe impresses, you see him in preseason, and might be a guy that we loot, you know, they, they kind of have to sneak, try to sneak through the waivers and may not even make it because I do think he's a pretty talented player. Is Kando the next Tano Passanio? <laughs> he's got the length that's for sure yeah i know uh, you know I, I don't want to corner him into that yet man we we, we haven't <laughs> we he was injured last year you know he's got the good excuses kind of kind of on his side right now but you know it's a make it a break a year for him for sure right now i i that is ron cop lead analyst over at arrowhead pride ron thanks for joining us tonight yes sir appreciate you chris yeah, that was uh that was ron cop I, I i do think that you know, especially if they're going to keep him or Malik Herring, I get the feeling that Kando might get the nod there just because from a physical standpoint, he kind of seems to be the kind of guy that the that the Chiefs value at that position. And the Chiefs are more than willing, I think, to take on a project and and kind of just stash him for a few years and see if they can get something after like two or three. So if I had to choose between Herring or, or Kando, I think I'm going to go Kando. Coming up next, I'm going to tell you why I'm not feeling sorry for those live tour golfers that tried to, to litigate their way into the uh, PGA. Make sure you're listening every day around 11 o'clock to Cody and Gold. Speaking of Chiefs wide receiver Sky Moore, okay, so he made a comment like the second day of practice, <laughs> so I'm not going to ignore it. I think you wear the shortest shorts on the team. Yeah, Is that yeah, because yeah, yeah. regular pants don't fit you? Or nah. because you just like the short shorts? I just, I feel, I feel fast. I feel fast when, when I pull them up. I just feel real fast. I don't know what it is. It's just, I got to have my legs up. Your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Final few minutes of the first hour here on the Night Shift, 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. Want to jump in here on the uh, the whole live tour situation here? So three players on the uh, on the live tour sued the PGA Tour for like emergency injunction relief so that they could play in the uh, in the uh, PGA Tour playoffs that started today. They tried to they had the hearing on Tuesday and they did not win in their bidding. And uh, they tried to make it seem as if they're losing out on a bunch of money by not playing in this in this playoff here. And they're trying to win over sympathy from from fans because uh, they're 
making it seem as if they're, there's this monopoly being had. They're, all the guys there on the live tour are suing over antitrust violations and whatnot. Isn't that the point of starting another company to go opposite the PGA tours to compete with them? So why are you now going to complain when you leave for competition? And then when they treat you like competition, you act like, Oh no, we were, we were just, we weren't really trying to compete with the PGA tour. Am I crazy Jack, for this? Like, am I crazy for like, I'm not going to feel sorry for these guys for leaving for a competitor. And then when they get treated like competition, we're supposed to feel sorry for them. No, I don't think you should feel sorry for them. And to the fact that these guys are actually getting compensated. A lot of them, not as big of name players right. as what would actually be found on the PGA tour. So if you're able to earn that check, you made your bed. But even, even like like Phil Mickelson joined in on his antitrust lawsuit. Like Phil Mickelson. Well, he hardly has any money. He's lost it all gambling. <laughs> that's, on, that's on him, though. <laughs> that's on him. <laughs> He's made a lot of money off the PGA Tour. He left for a bigger contract to go to go to the Live Tour because it gave, gave him more guaranteed money, and he's acting like he's a victim because they're not allowing him to play in the playoff here this weekend. It's crazy how how backwards of this is. If you want to compete, it's cool to compete, but don't go out here and act as if you're victims because you got iced out after being a competitor for them. That's I, I just, I find it funny that, that that was a funny little story there. I, I read this week and I've enjoyed see, I enjoyed seeing them take that L on, uh, on Tuesday coming up next in the second hour. We, I, I get to why I believe uh, Dick Vermeil made a very, very strong point about Hall of Fame coaches last Saturday at the uh, at the Hall of Fame induction. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.